1: Life feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between So it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
2: Just fall apart. I do, I don't, I will, I won't. It's like I'm drowning in the deep. Well, it's crazy to imagine words from my lips as the arms of compassion. Mountains crumble with every syllable. I hope can live or die. So speak light, speak light. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to. Um, I guess, a special night, because we're on Tuesday night tonight, and uh, we did come on for just a little bit last night, because we didn't want to lose people, but we had just a quick show last night, just talking about uh, just being yourself and, and and controlling your thoughts and things like that, so we talked about quite a bit last night, but just, it was a very short show, so thank you all for, for those who were tuned in with us last night and are back on tonight, because we have... Um, Pastor Milan on, and I'll share a little bit before bringing him on in just a second. But I want to remind you all, especially because I think we'll have some new listeners, first-time listeners tonight. So the chat room is open. Please do know that you do have to be a registered follower, or you have to log in or register. And you can do that either using your Facebook account. Um, I think you maybe can do it using Twitter as well. And you can also be mindful, though. If you do that, that means we're gonna, we'll know exactly who you are. And some people uh, who like to comment or ask questions, you don't want your name out there. So you can also register and just create a username of your choice, and that way you can always come back um, and visit us. And hopefully, you will come back and and chat with us in the chat room uh, in the future. So if you don't want to do it that way, we're gonna be back and forth on Facebook as well. We we post on Facebook as we're doing the show live. And of course, you can call in 818 691 Again, 818-691-7406. You do have to select the number one only if you have a question or a comment. And the way that we'll pull your call in or pull you into queue uh, is identify you by your area code and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from tonight. So keep that in mind. We'll will identify you area code and last four digits of the number that you're calling from. And hopefully you'll have some questions, um, comments, or just maybe want to share. This night is about, um, well, let me just go ahead and, and say this. I ne- never met Pastor Island, but I was, uh, as I thought about this show, the, the entire process of me being able to hear, hear him speak on a, another radio, and I couldn't tell you station, because I'm not a radio listener or anything like that, but I just so happened to be out this particular uh, morning picking up someone from Megabus, from the location downtown, and um, just the whole thought of me being out to pick this person up was just a God thing, because this was someone in my life that I never thought I would ever speak to again, just because of circumstances, Um, it was actually a, a divorce. Uh, they were both friends friends of mine and went through a bitter divorce. And, and somehow God worked all of this out, and we're all back just friends, even wife, everybody's just talking. So I ended up having to pick him up, and that's why I was out that morning, and that's why I was listening to the radio show. And I grabbed my envelope, and I still have the same envelope that I actually was writing all these things down that I could get. And I came in on the in the middle of it. Um, but I was just so blessed by what I heard because, it, it was just a true example of what God can do, will do, if we will seek God out, if we will understand that God never leaves, never leaves us, and there is nothing, nothing, nothing so bad that he doesn't love us and won't receive us. And I remember the, the one of the verses uh, Pastor Marlon gave out was Luke, I think it was 15 and 17, um, and it made me think about, you know, when we re- when we return to God, when we just come to ourselves and return to God. So I was blessed just a few minutes of hearing it and I thought I have got to find him. I've got to, to get him on the show. Uh, because so many people are hurting you guys, so many people are going through things and they feel like they're even unworthy for God's grace, his mercy, his favor. They feel unworthy. And we in this world sometimes make people feel unworthy as well. Um, and we all have stuff. We all have stuff. And I say, but God. So what I'd like to do, um, I want to quickly remind you guys, because I want to go ahead and bring Pastor Mylon in. I don't want to, want to hold him up uh, too long tonight. But I want to quickly remind you guys that our um so we got some people popping in, and I'm not going to say all that again because I see we just have some people caught, just popped in to queue here. So thank you all. Just bear with us. We're moving right along. I do want to remind you of our trash can baby, and this is Butterfly evolution thing, and we're about transformation, self-awareness, self-love, all those self-things, and particularly your thoughts, your mind. And so we want you to be mindful of uh, that's why we like this song, Speak Life. You have to speak life into your life. And our trash can baby is, it sounds crazy for our new people, but this is something we want to share because we want you guys to try it. We ask you, move your trash can, one that you visit frequently. And in doing this, and, and I, I ask if you have children, if you have even even husband and wives can play this little game, put something on your refrigerator um, and make it a family thing. Monitor who goes back to its old location. How often do you go back to the location that you moved the trash can from? How often do you return back there to throw your trash away, knowing that you've moved it? Monitor how many times. And if you're doing it as a family, you know, at the end of the week, pull it up and maybe sit down and have a discussion about the things that we do just because we're used to it. And then when, when you return back to this, its old location, ask yourself, what else am I doing just because? I don't want change. I don't want to acknowledge what's going on. I don't want to acknowledge my thoughts. I don't want to deal with this. It's what I know, even if it's not working for me. It's what I know. At least I know what I'm dealing with. And you guys, the mind so often will take us back to places that we that we don't need to be, that we don't want to be. And we have to learn to get control of our thoughts. We have to learn to renew our minds, guard our hearts, because out of it flows the issues of life. So we got to start doing life by the word, according to the word. And so um, think about all those things as we go through. And for those of you who do fight, if you want to come back, we've had some people share their stories of moving the trash can. So if you do that and you want to come back and share, please do so. Um I want to remind you, you sow a thought, you reap an action, you sow an action, you reap habit, you sow habit, you reap character, your character leads you somewhere. Your character becomes your destiny. So think about what things you're thinking about. Do they line up with the word of God? Do they honor God? Are they pleasing? And so, so often, again, we don't think about renewing our minds enough, and we don't think about what it takes to do that. It takes the word of God. It takes that because it's, the Word of God says it judges the thoughts and attitudes of our hearts. That's what the Word of God does. So click up that sword, take that S off, it becomes the Word of God, and do your thing there. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Pastor Mylon. Pastor Mylon, are you on with us?
0: I am here. Thank you. I've been blessed so far. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you. So go ahead and tell us, um, I think you you've heard how how i kind of found out about you and i was again i'll, I'll just say this again i was so blessed just to hear um god guess your story your your turnaround story your your coming to yourself so to speak and and i heard you talk about your mom and how she was a praying mother and and you felt that she never stopped praying for you so if you don't mind first just tell us about the church um how, you, how it began, where you are now. I, I know I think you guys are maybe going through some transition or was. So just kind of tell us as much as you'd like to about the church, what what time your service began, how can they find out more about the church, um, the book as well, and then we'll get into some questions as well.
0: Okay. Well well, thank you so much. First of all, it is an absolute honor to be here tonight. And I just want to start off thanking God for my awesome wife and my children and also for my awesome man of God and my pastor, Dr. Ari Vernon. That means just so much to me. He's been a blessing to me, and I just want to honor him. And also my congregation, I know a lot of them are listening. I just want to give a shout-out to them as well. A little bit about me, I'm I'm from Memphis. I grew up here, and uh, my mother's deceased. She died almost 14 years ago. Uh, My father uh, is also from Memphis but now lives in Michigan. And and I grew up with great parents. I, I can't say I had bad parents. Both of them struggled with alcoholism. Uh, which I really knew nothing about that. I, I was a normal kid, loved to play basketball. This the thing that I loved the most. But when I got to, to college, man, my life really began to change. Actually, even in high school, um, I began to drink a little bit, but I didn't think twice about it. It was like everybody was drinking, smoking a little little marijuana or weed at the time, and it, I just didn't think much about it. But when I got to more how something began to shift and, and that I, I began to try cocaine for the first time, uh, many years ago, and it really transformed me. I mean, I really began to like it often, uh, to the point that it didn't it didn't affect me much when I was in college. Uh, I didn't miss out on many things, uh, but once I graduated from Morehouse, my life really took a turn for the worst. Uh, even though I graduated with honors, I, I was a person who was really motivated to do well. But after graduating from Morehouse, my life really went downward. And, um, you know, God is really amazing. And when I look back on my life, I I thought everything was just just awful. But God has a plan and a purpose for everything that you do. And so as I'm speaking right now, I just feel somebody listening who's been through or going through some terrible turns right now, that God is setting you up for a comeback and for a blessing. And so I really didn't know that me becoming addicted to cocaine really badly to the point of losing myself, losing a family, uh, I mean, really, really, severely addicted. I'm not talking about somebody who used once a year. I was a stone-cold addict, you know, walking the streets of Memphis, shoeless, homeless. I've done that. And and you mentioned my mother, and she was such an intricate part of, of my deliverance. Uh, the reason why is those prayers I know were answered. I would hear my mother in the other room praying for me, Lord, please save my son. And, and I was so out of my mind. I would hear her praying but have no consciousness or cognitive thinking what that was about at the time, especially now pastoring, I I couldn't understand that. And so I I, I really, you know, one of the scriptures that has really blessed my life, Uh, you mentioned Luke 15, 17, about when when the prodigal son came back, when he came to his senses, but another scripture I love is Genesis 50, verse 20. The Bible says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done to save many lives. And that's the story of Joseph, as you know, with with many a coach. And so that's kind of my story. Even though I was addicted to crack real bad, even though I had a horrible life, horrible relationships, did so many horrible things, God meant it for this season right now for me to pastor many people who are lonely, who are struggling with their identity, are are struggling with their sexuality, and to have no judgment from their pastor. And, And I'm so grateful for that, you know. That I, I I pastor a group of people who really who get me. They understand. That we had such an awesome service on Sunday. We're right now at the uh, hotel downtown at the Crown Plaza at 10 o'clock every Sunday, every Wednesday night 7 o'clock. Go onto our web, web page at www.mydreamchurch.com uh, and it'll let you know where we are. But uh, tonight I'm not I'm not trying to get members or anything like that. I want to minister to somebody who's really had a rough time and think that God has left them. Uh, That's how I was. I I thought God had left me. I was in such a bad place. I tried to commit suicide two times, and uh, my members know that. I tried to kill myself twice. God was so awesome, he would let me take my own life for this time such as this, to be on this radio show tonight to tell somebody, this is not about your put down, but this is about your get up. God is speaking to somebody tonight that you are in a bad place, and God, through my voice, is going to pick you up and let you know you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you, whether it's crack, pornography, addiction, loneliness, depression, it doesn't matter what the illness. The Bible says the anointing can break every yoke. I don't care what you're going through. I'm a living witness. A 25-year junkie that God has transformed my life to be a pastor over many people is unbelievable.
2: Hmm. Pastor Mylon, I have a question for you. Um, Sure. Back to that time, I know you mentioned that you you would walk the street of message and that's one of the things I remember hearing that day as well. That you would walk the street of message in the cold, and and you were basically it wasn't this was a lifestyle. So take us back to a time where you started to to, to transition, um, even with the start of the church, because I can only imagine. If if you know you, your book is God's favor found me, and I and I as I thought about. You know, even the word favor and thinking about your your mother and praying, take us back to that day or or days because I would imagine it's probably just not one day, but take us back to that time where you started to to transition back. Um, as I as I mentioned, the scripture, you know, the father seeing his, his child walking back, take us back to that time to where you transition. Yeah, it, it,
0: that, that's a very good question. And what happened to me? I went to a treatment facility here in Memphis. You know, I won't say the name. The name is changed. It's not neither here nor there. I went to a treatment facility, and what was so interesting about that, I was so lost. I wasn't saved. I was in a treatment facility judging because I was a Morehouse graduate because I had made, you know, some decent money in my secular career. I was so judgmental in treatment, and I and I kept saying to myself, why am I in here with all these junkies and, and dope fiends and crackheads and prostitutes? I was so arrogant in my ways, and I was no better. I was just like Paul. Paul says, I am the worst of these. That's how I was. I was the worst but didn't know it. And so when I went to treatment back in 2001, it was really a life-changing moment for me. I went to treatment, and it's amazing, and anybody that that can uh, attest to this, when you've ever looked in the mirror and saw who you really are, not who people think you are, people say you are,
1: who you want to become,
0: For once in my life when I got the treatment, I saw the person who I really was. I was a down, trodden person, severely depressed, addicted to cocaine, and was really in a bad place. That was the beginning of the turnaround for me. And what the Lord spoke to me in treatment was that this is the beginning of the end. And I didn't understand that at the time, meaning the beginning of the end of Alfred, who he was in my life. And it was so true. And I, at that point, that's almost 14 years ago, laid it down at that moment and have never touched a drug or drink since then. Not one time. Uh, uh, Have thoughts like anybody. I'm human. But God has truly delivered me, and I I have a lot of members of my church who struggle with addiction, not all of them, and so I understand their plight. It doesn't have to be addiction or anything else. But that was kind of the beginning of the turnaround when I went to treatment. And people came in who said something similar at the same story. And, man, that resonated with me, that somebody else who had been, out in the cold who had, I remember, I never will forget this. I remember pawning my coat one time at the pawn shop. It was the only coat I had left. I pawned my coat for dope. And like it was like you had talked about, as you were speaking earlier about people lives transforming, I remember be careful when your abnormal becomes your normal. Be careful with that. That's a bad place to be when now getting on the Internet looking at pornography now is normal for you and it doesn't jog your spirit to say something is wrong with me. I was getting high. It didn't bother me, even though I was selling stuff out the house, selling shoes, selling my mother's stuff. And so that was kind of the beginning of the turnaround for me. But now my abnormal, that's abnormal for me to think about being up three and four days at a time. I can't fathom that now. By 10 o'clock, I'm about to pull my hair out if I'm not asleep. You know, but I used to be up three or four days at a time on drugs, and I just can't think about how God kept me and how his grace sustained me for so long in that madness and that's why I have no judgment. I, I'm really sympathetic and empathetic to the family who just lost their teenage son here in Memphis, who jumped off the bridge and killed themselves, don't know the details. But, man, as a pastor, my heart goes out. People, you, you made a very good point. People are bleeding and hurting, and nobody cares. And, 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 and many people don't care, let me say that. Uh, but there are a lot of people doing some great things in this, in this town. All we want to do as the Dream Church is want to be a light for Jesus Christ in this city, transforms people's lives, and let them know that Jesus is for now, today, for yesterday, and forevermore.
2: What are some of the ways, um, well, let me ask this first, let me go back, the the, the, the church, because when when you hear your story, um, and I, I think I heard you say somewhere about you kind of started the church with six members, is that is that correct? It is correct. About six units. How take us back there? What were who who were your members? Because uh, this is a judgmental world, and and I think that, um I think it's awesome of of, of that you have the church and who you are because you're going to be able to bless and help people come through, but think otherwise. I can't go to church with all my stuff. So tell us who were your members and what what it was like at that time.
0: You know what was interesting? Out of that six that was with us, three of them are still with me, which is amazing. Uh, uh, and one of them just came back, which is beautiful, on Sunday, and just said, you know, I, I've i been making some bad decisions, Pastor, and I want to come back home. This was one of my original six, and so I thank God for that. You know, one of them was my wife, and uh, I didn't even count my children. They didn't really matter, but I counted, and there were four others, and we had something that we thought was different. And so uh, what, what happened was really – to go back, about 10 years before that, the Lord had spoke to me in my previous church and basically told me, it's time for you to do your own thing, and I'm going to do a new thing through you. And I just was disobedient for many years and said, well, me, I'm not going to be a the, the pastoring type. I'm just going to kind of lay low, bless people with my testimony, Lord. And God just continued to really preface this on me that, no, I've called you to do this. And finally, there was a pastor who came in town from the Dream Center in Los Angeles, California, and he talked about how he was transforming drug addicts and prostitutes. And right then, the Holy Spirit said, that's what I want you to do in Memphis. That's why we're called the Dream Church. And we, we're called the Memphis Dream Center. It's because of that. That was over 10 years ago. And so what happened for me with my members in my house, it was like, okay, we got something good here. And all of a sudden, things began to just start really growing. And so it wasn't big enough here in my house. And so we ended up going to Green Law Community Center, and the church just continued to grow. And so we went from there to another facility in Uptown called the Dream Church on Henry Avenue, and we kind of outgrew that facility. And so what we decided to do was, you know what, we're going to pick a place where when we grow, we won't outgrow this one. So now we're in a place downtown that we're building now that's 30,000 square feet, and so we won't be able to outgrow that one, God forbid, for a while, and and we're excited about that. But it was a struggle. See, I'm not the pastor pastor of a bishop. Uh, I don't have a famous last name. Uh, like whinings or whatever. I'm a person who's been led by God to do what he's doing, and I'm grateful for that. It's very difficult in this arduous economy to start a ministry from scratch. From scratch It's very difficult. And, and I can just tell you, nothing but the grace of God has been on our ministry, and I'm grateful for them and also my members. Okay, great. How do
2: you feel? You you, you mentioned the light spreading um – the light and, and Memphis, I don't know if you are if you've heard this, um a number of people consider Memphis to be the city of the dead. Um, I'm actually doing a documentary now uh on Memphis and the original name of it was the city of the dead. Now I've since changed that because I just don't want to embrace uh that sense of darkness. I'm gonna talk about it but but not embrace that through the name. But how how are some of the ways you feel that um, you guys spread that light, and how the citizens of the message can do better with helping people out of
0: darkness. Um, I think there's several ways that we do it. Uh, I, I love Second Chronicles 7 and 14. The Bible says, if my people, I love God always calls his people his, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways,
1: then
0: I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. That reminds me of Memphis. And, and for me right now, what we do is, is something that's really unique and different. We, My, my church is really different. It's unique. We, we really call on people who are struggling with just not just addiction, but struggling with many issues. We have fed a lot of people in Memphis. And as a matter of fact, I used to say 2003, there's been so many people we've fed now that I don't know how many people we've fed. We've clothed so many people. And I'm grateful for that. To me, that's being a light in the city. We've done a job fair where over 750 people came uh, to, to get jobs. 60 people got jobs on that day, you know, two years ago. Once we move into our new building in terms of a light in living and being downtown, people will know, not only are we a multicultural church, they will know that we are there for bit. We're not there. I'm not trying to be a famous pastor. And, and to be honest, I do these things because, you know, like you called me, and, and that's okay. And so I always pray and ask God where he wants me to be. But I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to have my name in life. My my members will tell you that. My my face is not on anything. And the reason why, you, you made a very significant point. There are so many people in our city who have not been emonumented. They haven't been freed, emancipated. And so my goal and my job as being a life is to let people get free. Many people are in church but not free. They go to church. They have a horrible marriage. Everything is going wrong with them because they're not totally free. We want to have a church where you can come as you are, but you won't stay as you are. See, I didn't want to just be in church and still be suffering with the same things that I suffered from 20 years ago. I wanted some kind of breakthrough, some kind of transgression towards freedom, and that's the reason why our ministry is really different. We have whites in my church. We have addicted people. We have people with master's degrees, PhDs, and guess what? they all sit together. And to me, that's what church is all about.
2: Okay, Pastor Mylan, um, I wanna go to what you just said. Come as you are but not stay as you are. That is that is very, very powerful. Um, and I know uh, many people, in spite of going to church Sunday after Sunday, um many people within the city of Memphis and other places as well, uh that is the one thing I think we do not focus enough on. You cannot go to church Sunday after Sunday, or should not, when there not be some change in your life uh, consistently. How do you, how how does that work for you, I guess? Because many people choose not to go to church because they just don't want to play with God anymore, and they don't want to see, um, I guess, people playing with God either. So you have a good number of people who are choosing to sit it out because They want to change, and they want to be in the midst of change um, because it's kind of like darkness and light staying together consistently. So tell us, how how do you make that happen? How do you assure that people that really want that um, change that they get it?
0: Well, uh, that's a very good question. I, number one, we cannot, uh, you know, manufacture change in a person. It starts from within. And the good news is I know that the Bible says he sent the word. The word can change people. I've seen people in my church who've been people who smoked cigarettes for 40 years, shout out to Deacon Arnold, who, 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 who smoked crack for 50 years, and yet here's a man that is not only free, who's been free for years, for years, and, and, and so here's the thing that we do in my church. Our question that we ask people is, what were you like before the dream, church, and what are you like now? So the change should be manifested that we should really see. I agree with you. The Bible talks about uh, the fruit in a person's life. We we should see some kind of fruit. If you're really connected to God, now everybody's struggles are different. Everybody's progression is different. It's not judgment here. But I agree with you. If I'm in a really good teaching church, there should be some kind of breakthrough of fruit in my life. The Bible says you will know them and you will know them by their fruit, not in going to church. I would know them by their fruit. In other words, what do other people see about me? What do people see in my life? If someone comes up to you and says, Man, you you still act the same, that is the kiss of death in Christianity. If someone tells you that I would absolutely go back and ask God to repent that if someone told me that. Because anybody that runs into me, they'll tell me you don't even look the same. You don't talk the same. There should be some kind of manifestation In a believer's life, if they're really connected to God, everybody's different. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's struggling with something. But it gets to a point in your life that you have to want God more than you want your struggle.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow. So let's take a have We have someone that has a question or a comment. So let's pull pull them in. Um, And again, I will identify your call by your area code and the last four digits of the number that you're calling from. So we're pulling in a caller area code 253, with the last four digits of 1345.
3: Paul, you're on the air with us. Thank you for calling. Yes. Hey, my name is Gregory Jones. I've been uh, listening to uh, Pastor Marlon, and I just want to say what what a great inspiration, what a great story, um, you know, that is being projected here uh, in his ministry. A lot of times... Um, you know, people are looking for change, but at the same time, uh, you have those counterbalances of people who are constantly beating them down for their path. How, how do you as a pastor, how do you combat that within your church when you have those gossipers or those who beat down the folks in the church who come as they are, but they're being beat down by those holier-than-thou folks. I, you know, man, Brother, thank you so
0: much for the call, man. I'm honored that you called in uh, tonight. I really appreciate that. Uh, th- that is a very a good point. And, and I think, to me, it all starts with the leadership of the ministry, in my opinion, and, and with my leaders in my ministry. We are crystal clear about who we are and what our goal is and what our mission is as a ministry. And what we have found is that because we have such a plethora of people in our church, all of us got issues, so it's very difficult. We don't have a a big hat session, session in the church. We don't have a Stacy Adams session. We, we just don't have all this. A lot of this really is birthed also in tradition. And one thing that, that God showed me that in this ministry, it won't be full of tradition. It's going to be full of anointing, that people can come in as they are and get healed for real from the inside out. I love Romans 12 and 2. The Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. I didn't want the ministry to really be like another church not be conformed to this renewal of your mind, but be testing your discernment. That will be the will of God that is good and acceptable and perfect. You have to transform a person's thinking, and that's how you transform their ways. Because if not, you'll be thinking the same thoughts, and your behavior will be the same. That's because,
3: what I appreciate. Yeah, no, no problem. And, and I, I was just saying that we, you know, we face a lot of this in a lot of church, and this is why people run away from the church and I just thank leaders like yourself and my pastor here, Pastor James W. Williams. And he, he preaches and teaches the same way uh sounds like that you teach and and always talking about, you know, giving people second chances and, and how the Lord changes people and manifests them, you know. And it, it's just amazing. I, I'm loving this show right now. Thank you. Amen. Thank, thank you, man. You've encouraged me. Thank you, sir. Thank
2: you. And you guys who are listening, um, please, thank you, caller. And if you guys that are listening have a question or comment, select the number one, and we'll pull you in. Um, Mr. Mylon, are you okay for time for a few more questions and comments? Are you okay?
0: I'm good. Thank you. Yes, ma'am.
2: Okay. Um, You said something in answering our last caller about the leadership. Um, I think that is so wonderful. It really does start at the top. And I think once you set the tone that, Hey this is what church is for. It's about sinners coming in and then being made whole, going out so that you can bring people, bring other sinners in. And that's what Jesus was about. He was about saving and, and, and that's why I believe in Luke same same one, I don't know if it's how far how close it is, but I believe in that same chapter of fifteen, the father has to explain to the other son, you've you, you've been here. I know you're okay. Uh, and I and I thought about how even in the world, um, those people who are okay, we have to kind of understand what in our healing process that that the healing means. Now you got to look back and grab someone and pull them up, not not put, right. put them down. And when there's transparency in a place such as the church, as you've been, like you're here tonight in with your congregation, I'm sure. There's kind of little room for people to criticize because you set the tone, you set the stage from the top. But this is who we are. This is who I am, and so many more churches need that. And I feel like if we would get that, um, and so this leads me to my question: What do you feel? And, and with, I, I know that I want to make sure I get this out right. What do you? What would you like to see done as far as? other leaders, pastors, um, because we're losing a lot of people who go to church every Sunday. They, they're they coming home still in that state of darkness, of pain, of hurt, uh, feeling worthless. What, what can some of the other leaders do within their congregation? Just the simple basics, um, you
0: know, without going too deep into it. Okay, no, no problem. I, I think there's a couple of things, but I, I want to be careful that there is no – one thing I love about God, he doesn't have a cookie-cutter way of doing things, and that's one thing I love about God. He can use a ministry to do certain things, whether it's healing. He can use a ministry to help people with finances.
3: Every, every
0: ministry is different, so I can't tell another man of God what they should be doing, but I'm telling you what has worked for us. But one thing I know, God is really adjunct to the marginalized. That's the Bible. God is really adhering to, I have come for the poor, he says. God is really, for him, his heart is people who are down and out. That's God's heart. And so for us, to be a ministry who's not affecting change, I got a question,
1: you know, well, what are you doing?
0: I, I didn't want just people church hopping from another church. We'll, we'll take them, you know, but my, my ministry, and they'll tell you, we really focus on people who are unchurched, people who, and we love people who are already you know, experienced in the Lord, that's great. People are seasoned, if you will. Uh, I want to say one more thing I think it's very important, too, about balance here. A lot of people, they come from a religious background. Sometimes they can't receive, even though you are a great church, you have order, you have decency, you have, a, you have all of that, but some people, because they came from such a ministry with no uh, structure, no order, they can't receive constructive criticism, Okay, and a lot of them can't receive that. And and I've learned that in my couple years of of preaching that a lot of people, we had a a member recently who, and this is not despairing anybody, I just want to, we're talking about order here, that because we wouldn't pay their rent was very upset at the church. The church is not designed to pay for your bad mistakes. And we we tell our church members that. It's not designed for that. You know, my job as a minister is to teach people how to fish, not to give them fish. That's our job. Teach them how to fish. talking about finances. But but I just think that's extremely important. But I can't tell another man of God kind of how to run their ministry or whatever. We just do what God has told
3: us to do.
2: Okay. What about deliverance? Um, um the importance of deliverance and this this is kind of becoming to me, deliverance. What do you what do you think the importance? And I bring that up because I see so little discussion about deliverance. Um, in the world, um, even in many churches that I've visited, but speaking of what your
0: thoughts are about deliverance and believing for deliverance, uh, uh, absolutely. We we're very fortunate that from the old ministry I came from, I was a part of a deliverance team, and so I had a lot of teaching on deliverance. I believe in deliverance, so does Jesus Christ. Uh, a lot of people right now. I'm doing a series called Know Your Enemy. And we're teaching about demonic spirits, how they manifest and how they, they can, spirits can transfer from one person to another, how you can be having sex with one person that jumps on you. And so we've been teaching some really good stuff in there, some really biblical undergirding to help my members understand. You really have to live right if you want to, to get things from God. And so it's amazing how many people who don't understand that. And deliverance is extremely important. When I told my members on Sunday, if you've been dealing with something for a very long time, Is more than likely a demonic force behind. You You know, I think Ephesians 6 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities in heavenly places. See, a lot of times it's not the person that you're fighting against, what is addiction, whatever it is, Uh, depression. Sometimes it's the spirit manifesting through the person, and that person will need deliverance. They will need deliverance. We did a deliverance service last year to answer a question about deliverance, and we had probably 100 people come out, many in the church, some of them not in the church, which I love that, different races, and uh, uh, we, we call it a cleansing church, what we called it. And to see those spirits in the church and see the people be free, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing, and we would definitely do that again, no question, once we move into the new building, because many people are in the church, but they're not free, and they need deliverance to get free. Absolutely, yeah. we believe in that, absolutely.
2: They do not understand that stronghold, that it, that why they keep going back to the same places, and, it, and people will eventually give up. And I can't do this. And so that's why, again, I wanted to ask you about that, because it's so important for people to, to know the importance of deliverance and how I'm glad you brought that scripture in. How we do wrestle against that spiritual, and it even says one one. Um, I don't know which version says the rulers of the darkness. So, so that, that's, that's correct. That is correct.
0: that is correct. That's absolutely right. correct.
2: All right. Tell us about um, your homeless ministry and the literacy. Um, what your church does for the homeless and the the literacy program.
0: Yeah, we we, we partner with literacy Mid South here in Memphis. And uh, we've done a couple of things with them. But also what we plan to do and have done is for people who are homeless is to try to help them get jobs. We, we've been extremely blessed. And we feel that a person needs to be whole and holistic living uh, uh, to understand what it means to live a whole life. Uh, so what we are doing and plan to do is in our new ministry, we're going to help people with resume writing. Uh, you'll be able to come in. We'll have six computers lined up. You'll be able to, we'll be able to help at no charge. We'll help you. If you just get out of prison, man, come holler at your boy when we move, I want to help you. And so we'll help you get your life together. If, you re, if you're serious about getting your life together, come see me, and my team and I will help you. The other thing is if you're homeless, a lot of homeless people, not all, have mental issues. And so what we've done, which is, I think, unique throughout the city of Memphis, we've partnered with a local psychiatrist, a Christian psychiatrist, who will help them cognitively besides the other home issues that they may have in terms of homelessness. There are no free shelters in Memphis. And there's not many shelters in Memphis that will allow a man to be with his family. So that really has me and in my, in my thinking of really wanting to do something out the box so that if I'm a family and I lose my job and, and it's not due to abuse or addiction or whatever and I legitimately have an issue, and, and I want to be able to say, listen, go stay at this house, it's owned by us. We'll give you 30 days, we'll sow into you if you're faithful got to meet certain criteria. So those are the kind of things that I'm thinking in terms of futuristic things, owning a few homes downtown and some other things we're thinking about. But we have many homeless people, but the problem is you have to really be set up for that because a lot of them are schizophrenic, a lot of them have issues. And right now the growing issue of homelessness is veterans and teens. That's the biggest thing right now, not even just in Memphis. A lot of veterans are homeless and addicted. And a lot of teens are becoming addicted and homeless, not just in our city throughout the nation.
2: Okay, and do You know, if it's still, I know it used to be where where young young boys after a certain age could not uh, go with their mothers as well in certain centers. Is it still the same for homeless? For for homeless? It, it it
0: really is. And so there's a couple of uh, homeless shelters here in Memphis that are just for women, and there are no men allowed because many of the women have also been abused by their spouses or boyfriends or whatever, and so no men. And I've been very blessed because they know me, and I go there often. I mean, I'm one of the few men they let come in and go back and minister to the women, and I've been so humbled by that. I thank God for that. We're going to do more with that particular shelter. I won't say the name, but there's a lot of them we're partnering with. Plus, we're doing a lot with the food bank as well, which is, you know, we met with the president of the food bank. She was like, Pastor, you're one of the few people in town who don't feed just on November and December. I thought that was very interesting. People need to eat beyond November and December. If I'm homeless, I'm hungry in January. You know, once we get set up in our new place, you will see us feeding downtown a lot. You'll see people lined up in front of the church all the time on days we're not having service. You'll see us feeding and encouraging people and giving them tools to get better. Not giving them a fish, we're going to help you learn how to fish on your own. And that's what we plan to do. Okay,
2: okay. All right, we have another question. Are you, We have another caller.
0: I'm
2: good. Yes, ma'am. Sure. Carla, we're bringing you in from the 901 area code. The last four digits is 5695. Carla, you're on
4: the air with us. Thank you for calling. Well, thank you for allowing me to call in. I just have a quick question for Pastor Mylan. You know, with so many ministers in the area who reach out to so many people, who do a lot of outreach, what is the thing that keeps you going Besides your story, besides your past, what keeps you going to reach out to these people who can be so draining, who can drain that spiritual aspect from you and leave you with almost nothing? What is your motivation to get up every single day and reach out to people?
0: Wow, what a what a great question. Thank you, caller, so much. What a great question. And there are days, and I don't care who you are, you could be a bishop, a pastor, an apostle, I don't care who you are, Pastor Mylon. There are days when you question this, <laughs> but, but I can tell you the answer to that question is, it's God's grace on my life. Every time I think about, man, what the Lord has done for me, it, 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 it motivates me to help people even more and, and that's what it does for me. I, I, there, there are times when I just say, God, why me? He said, why not you? You know, and what, what the Lord told me one day that really blessed me, he said, what you went through wasn't even about you. It was about for the next person coming that you can tell them that my grace is sufficient. And so what keeps me going is when I see people in my ministry who want to kill themselves, who, who murdered people before, and I see them serving as deacons and leaders and elders in my church, man, who had, I mean, really savory past, and now they're living godly lives, it keeps me going. It keeps me going. You're not, and one thing God helped me with, you're not going to affect everybody. I don't care how annoyed that you think you are, how bad you think you are. You're not going to touch everybody's life. It's not. You know, but he says, whatever you do for the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so when I do things for people today, I try not to do it out of a selfish heart, but out of doing it for God. That's what keeps me going by keeping God in front of me. It makes me easy to minister to others who are hurting.
2: Amazing. Anything else, Carla?
4: Thank you for that question. Great question. No, nothing else. That was the answer to my question. I just find Pastor Mind to be a phenomenal man. I've read his book and just such an encouraging read. And, you know, I would just suggest people to to pick up the book, you know, as soon as they can and, and read it. Thank you so much for your answer to that question. I really appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Carla. I
4: appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Pastor mind. we've not talked about the book. Tell our audience um, the name of the book, where, where, what's the best place? And I always ask the best place, meaning what? It, how does it benefit you? Like if if you have it for sale at the church, locally, can do you have copies available? So, name of the book. I guess as much as you'd like to share about the book, but how can we get the book, a copy? Did we lose Platinum Island? I think we lost him. Let me get him back on, you guys. I'm so sorry. It has dropped. Just one second. I'm going to play you just a little Mm -hmm. music um, while I get him back on, okay? Let's see here.
1: All the days that just ain't working. The good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between. you so it's crazy, amazing. We can turn our heart through the words we say. Mountains crumble with every syllable. Hope can live or die. So speak.
2: Okay, Pastor Island, are
0: you back on with us? Pastor Mylon? Yes, ma'am. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, we can hear you. So sorry about that. It set the call dropped, so sorry about that. Um, That's I
0: okay. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah, the best place to get the book is on www.favorfoundme.com, www.favorfoundme.com. And our new location will have, of course, a really nice, a bookstore there. with uh, We have all the books there for that that I've, that I've written as well. So uh, looking forward to that. My next book will be on finances for the body. I want to bless them with that, so uh, we thank God for that. Uh, but www. But The book really is about uh, my life, also about family. It's not just about drugs. It's about really a rags-to-riches story about turning your life around. A lot of scriptures in the book. I mean, a lot of truth in the book. Uh, it's about 200-something and something pages. It's a really good read. I've had many people read the book and just say it just turned their life around. If you have someone struggling with addiction or struggling with a bad marriage, struggling with a a bad place in their life right now, it's a great book for you. It's not just about drugs. It's it's more monolithic than that. Okay,
2: okay. You say saverfoundme.com
0: is the the best place to get it. That's the website to to get it, and uh, we'll get it out to you immediately if you order one. Okay, okay.
2: Um. I tell you what, I think I'd like to, I don't know what's the best way to do this. Um, maybe, I guess, if there's someone that's listening tonight and you'd like a copy uh, on behalf of Butterfly Evolution, and, and what I'd like for you to do is just come on, and if not, we'll find a way, uh, Pastor on to bless someone. I'm sure you'll come across someone and, and what what we could do is just maybe, if you don't hear from anyone tonight, that would like to get a free book, a free copy. Um even if you've come on, you can just select the number one again and I'll pull you back in. Um but we've got butterfly, on behalf of Sodify Evolution, I'd like to donate uh, a book to someone or if you may know you're listening and you may know someone that it will benefit. Select the number one, you're in the chat room, uh let us know there and then we'll connect with you after the show and I'll connect with uh I guess Stacey Pastor Island and and get a book ordered and get it to them. Um Anything else, because I could keep you going all night, but I know you've been traveling, so anything you'd like to share, again, tell them about the church, time, place, um, I'm going to visit for sure, but if you'll just kind of. Amen, thank you. About the church again, service time, location uh, for those, because some people came in later.
0: Okay, no problem. We are at the Crown Plaza right now. As you know or may not know, we are building a new facility downtown Memphis right across the street from WLOK right before you get to Happy Mexican. Uh, feel free to stop in. They are renovating it right now as we speak. Uh, it's going to be a newly renovated sanctuary, kids' ministry. It's going to be awesome. Uh, a lot of feeding there, et cetera, and what we're doing right now. We're in the Crown Plaza uh, right downtown Memphis uh, in the uh, downstairs in a big ballroom there. So we'd love to have you. Every every Sunday at 10 o'clock sharp, we're not a ghetto church, we're an excellent church. So at 10, I promise you at 9.59, the keyboard goes off. we're ready to go. So we'll start every Sunday at 10 o'clock. And on Wednesdays, even tomorrow night, we'll be doing Bible study, doing a series right now called Know Your Enemy, talking about demonic forces, how they influence us to keep us bound for years. So if you're interested, come and check us out. As a matter of fact, if you mention Butterfly Evolution, I'll give you a book. And uh, thank you for listening tonight. God bless you. And shout out once again to my wife and to my awesome children. And never forget my my awesome man of God, Dr. R.A. Vernon. Man, I love you, Dr. Vernon. Uh, give some rest. And, and God bless you. And thank you for everything. Thank
2: you so much. And thank you for being a guest. Um, and let us know when that second book comes out. We'd like to have you back. Open invitation.
0: Amen. God bless you. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. God bless you. Okay. Thank you. All right. All
2: right. Thank you. So well, for those of you who are still out and see with us, if you have any questions or comments that you'd like to get uh, get in right now, is not what we're going to do. Is is this this is the final show for our leading uh, men series? So we've had two months of nothing but men on air. Uh, Rodney is had to work on some things tonight, and he was going to come in, but uh, it looks like he may not have been able to because we're going to go ahead and end it next months. We're doing leading women. Uh, Rodney is going to interview me next week. He's going to put me in the hot seat uh, next Monday. So I'll kick off leading women. We have just a phenomenal, um, I guess, lineup of women for the month of of March. And we may have a couple of weeks where we do two shows. We may have a couple of women on um, throughout the week. So Stay connected, and if you're not on Facebook, you can always call into the number, and it'll let you know when we have a scheduled show. So we f- we will for sure be on every Monday, but again, we may throw just a couple of shows um, in again on on any given week. So just kind of stay connected that way, or you can you can always text text me, or connect with me on Facebook or email as well. So with that being said, I'm going to check the chat line. Thank you all out for staying out there and listening this time, and we'll see you next week as well. But until then, uh you guys have a great night. Stay around for the music and again, thank you for supporting butterfly evolution and please come back and hear Me put me in the hot seat next week. So thank you all for your support. Have a great night. <laughs>
1: Yeah.